Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey everyone, Michael Antonovich bringing you this week's episode of the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper. It's a little bit different this week. It's just going to be me and A-Ray because Don and Chase are up in Whistler crushing it at Crankworks thanks to our friends at Maxis. So A-Ray and I are going to talk about Washougal. As you can see, A-Ray's fresh off vacation. So Alex, how was Mexico? <laughs> what was it? Look beautiful. Uh, Oh, dude, it was amazing. You know, it was like uh, it was like a pre-honeymoon type deal because mm -hmm. uh, we don't know if we're going to be able to take one um, with her and I starting new jobs. So, yeah, uh, we did like a little pre-honeymoon there. Like we spent the week. Uh, we had a lot more fun, I would say, than anyone at Washougal. So uh, I don't uh, yeah. know. I had a good time. I had a good ass oh, time. I, really? Oh, were you hanging out with the people I hear like on the on the on the hill on the hill on no, the hill? No. That, I mean, that, I'm back there. Smoke. No, I'm back smoke, there, dude? but uh, I'm not partaking. You know, I got too much work to do. But, dude, that is <laughs> that is my favorite race weekend of all, uh, from Thursday night, from PIR all the way to yesterday, getting to ride Washougal with Alpine Stars. But, yeah, dude, that – you've been. That national is unlike any other one. Like, the Washougal people really, really come out. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's a different breed up there, you know, mm -hmm. especially like you talked about with the PIR. You know, it's a very, very big local scene, big riding – uh, community up there uh, everyone up there is like super nice it's a big deal for like motorsport and uh and all that like just you know people that just come together for that race i think it's a, a really good event it's really beautiful it's awesome I, I would assume it's awesome to take photos you know for someone in your business yes and no uh the biggest problem that you guys have too which is the shadows and the dark spots with the harsh light that makes it pretty challenging because you only get like certain pockets that you get to shoot in super fun to watch in i mean there's really a few better races that you can see how exciting and how fast it is when guys are flashing through in the little light pockets. But uh, yeah, it's hard to shoot. Yeah. So you got to ride the track yesterday. You got to experience the dirt. You know, I'm sure this was your first time riding there. Second time. What did you think? Of, oh, second this time. So what that's what I wanted to say. This is the uh, this is the only national track that I've ever ridden um, outside of like Paula. And yeah, it's fun. I could see why it's so fun too, because it doesn't have a lot of big jumps. Like yeah, it has the road jump and then that triple before the sand, but those are both pretty mellow. Like you can just step yeah. onto the top of them or double them. So I like that track a lot. Uh, I wouldn't, I would rather ride Washougal than a place like high point. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the dirt, right? Like I've ridden there a few times, uh, always shit results for me to be honest. But anyways, um, uh, the dirt's super deceiving, right? It looks super mm -hmm. tacky in the morning. It looks like it's gonna be bitching nice, and then it's like you're washing the front end, your the rear end skip skipping out, and all this stuff. It has like uh, square edge bumps and stuff like that. Did you experience it? What was the track prepped yesterday for the Alpine Star Ride Day? Well, first off, it was completely reprepped from Saturday on, so it was like getting a brand new track, and they kept it watered really well. Uh, not having a lot of bikes kept it awesome i mean there were some ruts and some breaking bumps up horsepower hill some stuff like that that of course is going to develop or maybe they can't hit with the tractor but that place is so fun you're exactly right on the dirt because it's such a slick base and then it's straight hard packed clay it's just got this marbly top layer and what makes the dirt worse than anything is as you're trying to concentrate on all that stuff you're also getting roosted and that roost hurts like no other yeah, that was my next question. I was like, did you get roosted? Did you get oh, to, yeah. to feel any of that? <laughs> of course, fire hill, it sucks. Oh, dude, it sucks. Uh, I can't remember who it was in front of me. I think it was Gypsy. I think it was Gypsy. I think it was Jace. Like, got me pretty good. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, it's like this. I'm just going to yeah. scoot over here a bit. I did the 125 Dream Race there. I think it was 2016. And even, like, 30 125s roosting you down. It's still pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's crazy. That's one thing that I absolutely hated about that race, right? First lap, like straight off of the like off the start, everyone's so bunched up. And if you get mm -hmm. a shit start, there's oh, you're so done. many people. You're yeah, done. 450, so many people. Like you're just ducking your head. You don't know where you're going. Your eyes are pretty much closed because you're just flinched the whole time. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yesterday it looked like a, a decent track. It didn't look like it was tilled up too deep. Um, I didn't really see what it looked like in the morning. 
Uh, but I mean, come race time, was it hot? Was it, it, it seemed, yeah, I got hot, pretty right? warm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not, not crazy hot or anything like that, but just typical dry, like Washington state, like it's been the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I don't know how much it rain they've gotten lately. Spots. Dusty in a mm-hmm. few spots, dusty in the parking lot. Like always, uh, everybody's rental car went back hammered, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I would say the weather was like exactly what we expected. Not crazy i think and a lot of guys needed a little bit of relief after three pretty tough ones back to back to back so you could tell that everybody was pretty happy with that yeah, yeah. so i guess i guess what we're going to start with right is the eli tomac news right mm-hmm. i mean he shows up at this alpine star ride day um no walking boot just walking around in tennis shoes i mean it's from what i hear on every social media platform right like you know in the industry that Seems like we're going to hear something this week. Maybe he comes back to racing. Yeah, you'll hear pretty soon. Um, it was cool to see, like, we had heard, I had heard last week uh, that he was going to come to this. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, not interesting, but that just shows how big of a deal Alpine Stars is to him. Because he was there on Sunday, but he wasn't there on Friday for the Yamaha launch. Which I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, dude, wow. he looked fine. He was walking around in gear for a little bit, but the giveaway was that the knee braces weren't on. So the knees were all baggy. So you're like, oh, okay, he's just doing catalog stuff. Uh, But yeah, we have a five-minute interview up on the YouTube and on the website right now. And yeah, Eli's in a good space. He's been doing the work. He's went through what he called all the stages of like being mad about it, being depressed about it, dealing with it, and then now working through it. Uh, He's a couple weeks ahead on the recovery. I mean, he walked up Horsepower Hill. He walked up to the top of that first roller and didn't flinch, so... I think he's okay. They even had it kind of wet and slippery and he didn't look like he was losing his footing. So it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. You think a guy with that caliber, right. And with the amount of resources he has, he's getting stem cell, he's doing everything in his power. Right. So like, I mean, yeah, the gym that he's got at his house, he doesn't have to leave to go to therapy. I mean, he's going to be totally held accountable or his dad's going to hold him accountable or somebody's going to really make sure that he goes to the gym and does the work that he needs to do. It's not like he's going to have to drive 45 minutes to therapy like other people might have to. And what a lot of people don't understand too, like, I mean, he flew to Vail, right? And yep. Vail, you know, that's where all the Olympic teams, like for skiing, snowboarding, like all that stuff is. So they have the best surgeons and doctors there. I mean, like, I mean, the best trauma surgeons, the best joint, wrist, elbow, shoulders, knees, everything, I feel like come out of Vail, Colorado. So, you know, and, and that's where he went. And I feel like, you know, he's been taken care of pretty well that way too. So, I mean, I don't see it as a surprise that he's a few months ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good to see. We need the sport needs Eli Tomac for a few more years. I feel like, so if that's the decision that he makes, I'm, I'm stoked for him. Yeah, I am too. I'd even thought, you know, when he wasn't there on Friday, but still knew he was coming Sunday. Uh, I watched the Sean White documentary, like started into that a couple of weeks ago or last week. And uh, just to see where that guy was head was at as he was getting ready to wind down his career, something that he had been doing since he was a teenager. Same thing for Eli. You just have to wonder, like, how does he go about this one now? But, dude, he seems fired up. And this doesn't kind of how they're acting. This doesn't seem like it's a swan song go out. It's like, oh, no, we're going to go hit this thing as hard as we've ever hit it. Like, there's no backing mm-hmm. down. He's fired up. Uh, you know, they're not saying anything completely publicly yet, but just. You can watch the interview for yourself and you can see that he's motivated. That's awesome. Awesome. That's cool to see, man. I guess uh, the next topic really, I mean, the talk of the weekend, right? I mean, Danger Boy Deegan. Holy mm-hmm. shit. I mean, yeah. I'm going to, <laughs> dude, this is pure speculation. I, I mean, I, like, obviously, you know, there's nothing behind this, but I'm going to need to see a drug test. Avery, don't say holy that. shit. Don't say that. Don't I'm, say I'm that. Kidding. Don't get us I'm into this. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm absolutely 100% kidding. I know. But holy shit, that was amazing, right? I mean, he's, it's just, it's awesome to see because we've seen so many, am, or like amateurs moving up to pros, like so many rookies, right? They all have that bonking, you know, towards the middle of the moto or at the end of the moto. I mean, we're seeing a little bit of it with Ryder D. We've seen it with rookies in the past, right? There's mm-hmm. only a slight few that we haven't seen it from, right? Like uh, Eli, obviously, he did have that that heat deal at Freestone. But, I mean, he came out and won his first year. I think Adam Cincerello came out, led laps, and won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like like the top elite guys. And I see, I see a lot of that into Danger Boy Deegan. I mean, honestly, like, 
I mean, I'm seeing like something like Villapoto. I'm seeing one of the elite guys being groomed into, you know, the, that Deegan camp. So that's, that's awesome to see. Like, dude, went 1-1. I mean, he was the best guy all day. And even whenever everyone else was dropping and he was just still going for it. And for him to get that 2.15 lap time at that point in time of the race, like that's, that's, some, that's someone who, who has more heart than anyone else, I feel like, on the track right now. You know, like you're talking about rookies that come in, and especially, at, you know, the first national of the year, it's like, all right, what rookie's going to get the whole shot and then lead two laps or something like that? Hayden really hasn't had that. Hayden's r- more shown his speed middle to the late stages of the moto, like you said. And so he's the complete yeah. opposite of a lot of the guys that we've seen that are, you know, shoot their wad pretty early and then have to figure out how they manage a 30-minute moto. Yeah. Hayden's got it, dude. Yeah. And dude, he, when he yeah, dude, when he awesome. comes off the track, he's pretty fresh. He doesn't seem smoked or anything like that. Brian knows what to do. Brian has an ice pack on his neck uh, to cool his core body temperature down pretty quickly. Like they've got it figured out. They're not making yeah. the same learning mistakes that I think other people have. Yeah, and and we've been hearing things, you know, around the star pits, right? Like that, you know, when everybody else is going home, or you know, if everyone else, you know, say gets to the track, you know, at nine o'clock, he's doing a little bit extra because he knows, like. He is a rookie and he has some things to learn. So I feel like his his adaptation, right? Like his his growth over the year has just just through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, him doing that little bit extra has really, really propelled him forward. You know what I mean? Um it's just man, it's awesome to see. And he always says he's like they got that he's got that dog in him, you know what I mean? But when it comes down to, I just think that he wants it more than anybody else right now. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, I don't think he knows any different. I don't think that, like, he thinks anything else should happen to him. I mean, he's kicked everybody's ass, done really, really well forever. He's ridden with the best guys. He's learned from the best tracks. Like, he's done all that stuff. So, like, he hasn't really had a big setback where it's like, whoa, he totally has the confidence and the motivation of like, yeah, dude, why shouldn't I be up front like that? And then especially with like where he comes from, that's the mindset that the whole family has. Like, yeah, dude, this is totally how it's going to happen. And you can't fake the work that they put in to get to this point, nor the physical effort that that kid has. Cause like I said, dude, he comes off the track and he's fine. Like he's not gassed at all. And there's not a lot of 17 year olds that would be able to say that without looking like they're too frail or lean or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was just mind blown the whole day, honestly, on how well he rode um, and like, dude, how fast he was going, like the sin level that he had, the confidence he had in his bike, like just sending it into the corners. Um, I mean, hell, he passed Justin Cooper around the outside in, in a tight section, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just the aggression that he had, I didn't see out of anyone else. And, and it pretty much whenever he passed Justin Cooper, you could tell right away it broke him. Yeah, well, I mean, Justin, I understand. Yeah, that he bonked. Justin, he, yeah, he bonked. He couldn't get much food food down him at all. But, but still, man, like that had to have been a bit humbling either way. You know what I mean? For for Justin, I mean, before that moment, he said he had felt decent, and uh, and Deegan was there the whole moto. Yeah, you know, and he was still able to close that gap. So in the first moto, I started hiking up the hill, and I pretty much watched the whole moto from like middle to the top of horsepower, then off the back, and then ran down to the other side so I could see them finish through the rollers. Dude, Hayden controlled the whole thing. You know, from the get-go, he really set the tone, was clear, wasn't really pressured, and put in really, really clean laps. Uh, The second moto, like you said, man, Justin was right there and he was hounding him, but then I watched it from the other side of the track. I watched it from the amateur start area, uh, area after the finish line, and I didn't know what went on. Uh, It was like maybe four laps left in the moto. And then all of a sudden the running order had changed. I was like, yo dude, Justin's not there at all. And Hayden had already put a pretty big gap on him and he put himself in a great spot right there. Um, do you think that he's just an excellent hard pack rider? Like maybe that sand isn't his thing, but like, he's just excellent at hard pack. Yeah. But then you go back to, to red, like Redbud. Yeah. You go back to Redbud. I mean, Redbud wasn't, was it, I mean, it was more hard packed, I would say, than in years past, but it wasn't by no means like, like slick or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But I mean, just the bike um, control and the speed and everything yesterday or Saturday. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I guess 
yes and no because I mean whatever what I heard from everyone that's the way Millville was and he struggled at Millville as well yeah yeah you know I just think that maybe this was I just maybe it was a track that he was more comfortable with you know I I guess I mean he did say on I think on his one of his YouTube channels I guess he raced here whenever he was on like 65 one time um you know uh I think Millville might be a a decent track for him you know you never know because like whenever i watch him ride right i see him pick apart the track pretty well like even whenever i watched him ride at at loretta's you know loretta's the track was super deep rutted you know super rough and there it was like a more slow pace type of track like not super high pace mm-hmm. and the way he was i mean this was whenever he was on super minis the way he was able to dissect the track and see other lines that some of the kids couldn't, you know, he was going outside the inside. He was jumping the, uh, jumping the breaking bumps and he was taking different lines versus anyone else. I don't know. I think that he just had a few tough rounds there. I don't, I don't really know what happened there. I think that, I mean, it was Southwick and Millville, right? It was, where it's two mm-hmm. struggles. Yeah. But I mean, Southwick yeah, I really know. wasn't a struggle because like, you can't no. say it's a struggle when you get the points lead. Yeah. 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 I guess he got the points lead, but he didn't it capitalize what I, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that it's like he's good at hard pack. He's good at sand, uh, one or the other, but, um, I think, I think he just had two bad races. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, what else stood out in the 250 class? Um, Levi Kitchen a little bit in the second moto, but mm-hmm. I, he just he just didn't keep it there. I think he was Levi had a lot of attention on him all weekend, and uh, mm-hmm. I think he was just like you get all that going, uh, not such a great start in the first moto, and then just not really catching in with the pack. Like he was right there for a bit, but then he just lost the pace of those guys. Uh, I'm gonna say Max Volan in the first moto. I feel like was a bit um, under talked about. I know he's racing for a ride right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, well, what did he end up, fourth or fifth around there? Yeah, something um, like that, because he was part of a but, freight train. Yeah, but early on there, I mean, he was he was, thir- he was third for a good bit of time before Hunter got around him, I know, but his pace was really good. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Props to Austin Forkner for, I mean, uh, dude. gutting it out. Yeah. Gutting it his out. Whole, I mean, that's a tough dude. Straight, just no skin on his side, and then did the whole moto, yeah. was making passes to come back. So, yeah. Yeah. You, and you hate to see stuff like that because, I mean, three motos in and there's already still like a little incident, but good to see that Austin got out of it and fought his way through it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, Hamaker, I think, I think he bonked a little bit too as well in the second moto, but I mean, his starts are great, man. I mean, he's starting up front, you know, a lot of the races that he has um, after his little comeback there, you know. So that's good to see. Um, Honestly, a very silent day for the Husky boys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, RJ was, like, again, that freight train in the first moto was pretty good. Let me look at the results. But uh, I want to say RJ had some issues there, too. See. Yeah, I think he did. I think he had, he might have had a tip over. Oh, RJ um, still finishes fourth. Goes 4-5 four, for fourth. Okay. But uh, not a great points day because he loses six to Hunter. Um eight to Justin and then damn 16 to Hayden. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so right big, now, yeah, that's a big point swing. Yeah. Cause as of right, as of now, uh, Hunter still leads at 300, then it's Hayden with 297 and then Justin with 281 RJ at 274 and then Joe Shimoda 269. So that gap is spread back out again. And it's two guy fight with Justin Cooper on the outside and could make it interesting with the next couple tracks so, coming up. Justin Cooper leapfrog um, Hampshire for third, right? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, and Justin Cooper, he missed even missed a, whole, a race. Two, yeah, two motos, 50 points, yep. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, going to these next few tracks, uh, I, I would think he does well at Unadilla, home race and everything like that. I'm sure he's ridden Bud's Creek quite a bit growing up. So those two to finish it out, he could still I make feel like the- Bud's Creek. I think I feel like Bud's Creek is going to be a good race uh, for Hampshire if he gets off the gate. I think mm-hmm. I think Bud's Creek for will be sand. a good one for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, dude, like the racing in the 250 class is just amazing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they're so just full of piss and vinegar and 
freaking when the gate drops, they're just sprinting for like the first 20 minutes. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's not nice. just awesome to see, dude. What I seen from Hayden Deegan this weekend was I was speechless. I was it was I was so impressed by the way he held himself, the way he rode, just the intensity that he had on that track, the way he just rode through the field. I mean, shit. That was awesome. From watching on TV, was it just Hunter not getting starts and then not being able to make passes when he needed to early in the first moto that kind of held him back? Yeah, I believe so. And then and then also he had a tip over in the back, uh in the shadow. Oh, he did? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He also had a tip over while he was trying to catch uh Justin Cooper. But I mean he still he still kept third there. But but yeah, I mean and, and you could tell after he crashed, he's like, Okay, like I'm gonna I'm gonna lay up here and take this third, you yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, not bad then. It it seemed like towards the end of the second moto too, it seemed like he, he laid up as well. It's just like, yeah, I got it. I'm good. Yeah. 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 But he was he just doesn't look happy like on the podium, on the press conference or nothing after a bad day. Like you could tell that like the press yeah. conference, he was very pissed off. Yeah. Who do you think, what class do you think benefits from this break more, the 250 class or the 450 class? Um, hmm. That's, that's actually a really good question, right? Like, uh, I mean, you could, you could argue that the 450 class needs the break more because yeah. of, you know, more supercrosses. But in championship-wise, I feel like the 250 class a bit more because – it's given Justin Cooper to get back 100% after his crash in high point. Um, you know, this Hunter Lawrence rib situation, you know, I mean, he's going to rest up. Um, I'm a, I'm sure Hayden Deegan is not going to let build. his foot off the pedal, and he's yeah. just going to freaking keep improving. Um, yeah, I think, I think some of these guys are really looking forward to these next three, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, is uh is the team already decided for destinations? No, so that hasn't even started yet. This really will be picking up its momentum starting at Unadilla. Uh the team wants to see what Justin Barsha looks by uh looks like in his comeback. Uh they got AP doing what he needs to do. Um, but they're still trying to figure out the chase deal and then RJ. It pretty much seems like Hayden's a lock for 250 right now. I mean, how 100%, could you not? Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that's where I was going to go with, right? Like uh, these last few races, you know, if Hampshire can really get in there and really prove himself, maybe they put him on a 450, um, you know. But the Hampshire thing, it's always like when you look at him, like, yeah, he's balls fast. Yes, he's fit, but it's the consistency, right? Like it's one of those things whenever you go to a race like this, each moto counts, you know. You know, and if you're relying on a guy, it's not just it's not just your team Husky. It's like the whole country's watching you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and, and that can weigh on you, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the 250 class just because, uh, some of the, uh, some of the guys in there have, you know, some injuries they are dealing yeah, with will, the 450 yeah. class, you know, the, the guys who are racing are pretty much healthy other than Anderson. I mean, Anderson, I mean, he was amazing this weekend, right. Mm-hmm. And he's only going to get better. He's going to improve his fitness over the next two and a half weeks. Um, I mean, jet, he's already great. You know, um, I, and I think too, like Jet is probably more fresh than a lot of these 450 guys, which is helping him because he didn't ride the full 450 series in Supercross. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be a little bit more fresh, um, a little bit more fresher than I would say Sexton or or some of the guys he's racing with. You know, AP. I mean, not Ferrandis because he he came in late. Maybe Ferrandis improves his bike. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think some of these 450 guys. I think their mentality is going to be a little bit of the same as Hayden Deegan, right? They're going to keep their foot on the pedal because they don't, they don't want to see jet, you know, go undefeated. They want to beat the guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could tell that AP, I mean, chase obviously, but you could tell that AP is like, yeah, dude, now that I've had a little bit of taste of the lead, I can make this happen. Yeah. And if he starts up there, he can stay up there, man. Like he's a, he's, he's good whenever he gets out front. I mean, we've seen it at Detroit. Um, and for some reason, you know, I don't know if I'm the only one who sees this. Um, AP is always like, oh, yeah, I love the rain. I love the ruts. I love all this. But whenever you go back to some of his best races on a 450 that he has led, they've been hard-packed tracks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Detroit. Yeah. Yep, Detroit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that I always see, um, you know, his style. But, yeah, I could, I'll give you that because his style, like loose, like that moving the bike, like pretty much just constant up and down forward to back on the seat. Yeah. I could see that. So yeah. to get to the team USA thing, then, you know, they want to see Barsha come back and see how he does. He would be the only guy with experience at Erne before uh, he raced there in 15. So he knows what to do. He knows how the track is, the hills and everything like that. Like we said, Hayden's pretty much a lock for the 250. That makes AP a pretty strong consideration if Chase can't go. Is there any more Cooper Webb talk about MXDN or no? Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, okay. I haven't heard that. Yeah. I heard heard something at one point that they might put, put, cooper on like maybe like a, a little star bike yeah yeah just because i mean he's been there as well right yeah 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 i, I, I mean, don't what know about jason well i mean jason's was there whenever he went on husky right and he won a moto but cowie doesn't go there i mean cowie would go i think if there was like you know we're definitely gonna go do it but I think with it being this year of like, hey, there's a lot of uncertainty as to what we got going on and we're building back from this. I I don't see them putting a lot of effort into it right now. Yeah, understandable. Yeah. Like Jason, we'll get to it in the 450 thing. But like you said, Jason has built his speed and his uh, fitness back really quickly. I mean, two months where he couldn't do anything and now he's fighting for podiums. Yeah, he's got an overall podium. That's his third, second, third podium in three races. You know, I mean, that's a quick progression. Yeah considering the field that they're in and how long he's been off. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll uh, do the race tech free read this week. Avery's got it so good now that we're going to have to freestyle it. And then we'll talk <laughs> to 450 class and then PIR when we come back. SV Inventions supports the sport of motocross with innovative products like the original unbreakable folding lever, on-the-fly adjustable clutch purchases, rotator front brake clamps, Y-handle tools, and more. ASV is also a distributor of products like ODI Grips and the innovative Gate King Tailgate Adjuster. They're also a proud sponsor of the Swap Motor Race Series and their track site at each and every event. Their amateur racer support program is open year-round, and you can apply for support at hookit.com. Learn more about ASV products at asvinventions.com. Did you know that in addition to being some of the coolest people on motocross, the crew at WUSA are the official importers of Talon, Kite, and Edge hubs, as well as the leading resource for DID and Excel rims. Through the years, we've tested plenty of aftermarket wheels, and the wheel building crew at WUSA can't be beat. WUSA is the source for all things associated with wheels, including sprockets, spoke wrenches, tire irons, and more. Mention Swap Moto Live when ordering anything from WUSA and get a nice little discount too. Check them out at WUSA.com. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Malcolm Stewart here. I ride for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, and I've been training harder than ever, and I've been using Guiltless Food Company for my performance on my motorcycle, and it's been doing a phenomenal job. I've been with these guys for the last four years, and I get meals every week, and it's just easy for, for me to come in on a hard day's riding, throw it in the microwave, and my meals are ready to go, and it's fit-ready meals provided for me. You can sign up online and by using guiltlessfoodco.com or go to their local Temecula store and get your meals in person. Set yourself up for an easy win by going to Guiltless Food Co. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy's Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. G'day guys, this is 9 times X Games gold medalist Jared McNeil. Off the motocross bike, I spend plenty of time cross-training on my intense mountain bike. 
from the super fast and efficient sniper cross country bike to the aggressive primer and tracer trail bikes or even the amazing taser e-bike every intense is designed and developed in the united states and built to the highest standards a life on two wheels certainly includes pedals too so give the crew at intensecycles.com a look welcome back after this commercial break anton and a ray a ray we got to kick it off with the race tech read hit us with it what do you want to talk about this time all right, so I just dropped off my YZ 2005 Yamaha suspension there, right? I mean, Triple S it was fork. a build that I, oh, yeah, it, oh, it's yeah. the old one. It's the old, old fork, Oh, right? okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, the thing, it's been sitting in my garage. It's got leaky fork seals. I think the shock was blown out and, you know, just stuff like that. It's, it's an old bike, right? I take it to Race Tech. They know exactly what to do. You know, they put new seals in it, put new oil in it, give me a nice, fresh revalve. You know, it's going to be great. It's going to have that nice plush feeling, you know, and Mm -hmm. great bottom resistance. And, you know, it's going to be able to last me a while, you know. I just think that why not get your oil changed? Why not, you know, get new seals in your forks, right? You don't want to be, I mean, you don't want to be the guy that just goes into a corner and goes for the front brake and you have no front brake because your fork fork lugs. Yeah, it's just covered in oil. I've been there. I've done it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It sucked. It's not good. Went over the berm. It wasn't good. Just, you know, there's so, and the thing about it is it's so convenient because how many race tech centers do you see across the, the U S mm-hmm. I mean, they're everywhere. They're so convenient. I'm sure there's the shop locator on racetech.com. Yeah. yeah. And even if you're a guy that doesn't have a motorcycle, you have a side-by-side, you have a, a Harley, you have a vintage bike, you have anything, take it to race tech. They got it all. You know, it's great. Yeah. Hey, Ray, how much uh, did you did you have to price how much just fork uh, seals are? Like, how much is that? Two hundred bucks, parts and labor. Um. Uh. Yeah, I believe so. it's it's around there. Um. I need to. That's check. not bad. Uh, That's not bad. Not bad. No, nope. it's not bad at all. And I had I had some nicks. I had some nicks. I feel like in my uh, in, in my fork tubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna polish all that out, dude. They're top notch. Top notch. No, not just that. They got engine. No coatings on this no one. Coding. No, okay. no. Yeah. This is the budget build. Okay, okay. This is the budget build. The YZ. Now the Honda. I, I went a little bit in on that, um, and, and it looks pretty good. But but this this Yamaha it was a little bit of a budget. You know, I don't think I've ever had like modified suspension like to my weight. Really, I don't think so. Don put us at a. It would change your life, bro. It would change your life. When I got to Transworld the YZ250F that I had, the death bike that almost took me and Casey Davis to the next dimension for real fucked up air D. Uh, it had leaky fork seals. So Don took it to Enzo and it came back no more leaky fork seals, but there were stickers on it. And he's like, oh yeah, you're dialed. Like I got it for you. But then I do remember Chris Kinman telling me like, oh no, this is the sticker test. If you can't tell a difference, he's never going to get you suspension again. So I should now take it upon myself to get my suspension service to my weight and speed by race tech. Thanks for talking me into you it, should. Anyway. I should. Yeah, you should. You mm-hmm. definitely should. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things to where, like, whenever you get a new motorcycle, and you can get used to it. You'll set the sag. You'll get used to it, you know, and it, it, I'm sure it'll be fine. But once you get your suspension revalved to your weight, you, and then you set your sag, you have the sprite, right spring rates. It changes everything. You feel more comfortable on the bike. You have more confidence whenever you're riding. You're able to hit corners better. You feel more in tune with the cockpit of the motorcycle you're able to feel the tires better everything so get your suspension revalved get the right spring rates that's all i'm saying how important is it for uh people to hit that little release valve on their front forks and let that air build up out it's good it's it's really important you know um even like i i remember oh shoot even going to Glen helen or going to the high desert to ride you know it's different air pressures whenever you go up because different al- altitude. So if I go up to, you know, the high desk to ride in the desert with Kiefer, dude, I'll, I'll loosen up that screw and the thing will freaking shoot through the, you know, mm-hmm. through the air. So it's really important. Sometimes uh, it'll get built up in there and it'll feel like the front wheel is going to fly off. <laughs> if it gets, you know, the pressure's too high or uh, your front end will feel a little bit harsh. Um, so it's always important to bleed those. 
Okay. So let me ask you this as a suspension thing, uh, because you've obviously done it in the past. How do you learn how to move the fork up and down within the triple clamps, just a few millimeters to find out what works best? All right. So um, if you're feeling, oh, shoot, hold on. Uh, you're there. I don't Okay. Someone's calling me. I don't know. Oh, okay. Should I just wait for it to just hang up? No, you're still fine. see me all good? Yeah, you're going. Hold on. And give me a second. Yeah, you're fine. I don't know if we should leave this or if we should cut it. There's tickle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So like whenever you're wanting to like fix like the, the fork height, right? Whenever you're wanting to test it, um, it depends on what you're feeling with the bike, right? If you're feeling like the front end is pushing, you know, if you, if you can't have the, the front wheel stay in the rut and if it wants to pop out of the outside of the rut, um, if you feel like the bike is more choppered, like the rear end is low, but you set your sag and your sag is all good. Um, if you feel like your, your rear end's low, your front end's like pushing out of the rut, like I said, um, getting a little bit of, uh, shoot, I don't know, just not feeling the front wheel as, mm -hmm. as good. You might want to slide the fork tubes up into the, up into the triple clamp, right? Instead of say like going flush, you could maybe go to three mil. And then, if that levels the bike out and that feels okay, I would leave it there. And then if it's not, if it's still like choppered out and you want to go to five, you can always, you want to, you want your bike, depending on how you want to ride, right? You want your bike to be level. So it's working together. You don't want it to be like this or like, you know, the rear end overcompensating the front end. Um, but it's say, even if you have like a, like a hard pack track or a super tight night track um, that doesn't have very many big jumps, uh, super slick, and you want that, that more front end heavy feel, maybe you could slide it up to five, you know? So give it a little bit more weight on the front end so you can feel that front tire. But whenever you do it too much, you might get a little bit of a knifing, you know, coming into the corner, your front end might knife or uh, your front end might wash out. Or say if you're going into a rut, you might get some oversteer and your front end will pop out a little early on the rut. Okay, important information area. It's I just all about, all, about all about finding that balance. Okay, so then let's go to this one. Moving the rear wheel and the swing arm. Uh, I saw a lot of them uh, push all the way back this week. What does that do? Mm -hmm. All right, so that pretty much gives it a little bit more leverage, right? Um, some people, like say a Honda or the new Yamaha, right, that has a, has a uh, what is it, more compact, compact. Mm -hmm. compact chassis. Sometimes you'll get some kick. You'll get uh, like kick on um, like uh, D cell coming down the, like a coming down a hill or something like that. You'll get like a gnarly kick in your ass. Um, what you want to do? You want to lengthen out the bike, you know. So you want to slide that chain all the way back. And what it'll do is it might soften up the rear. So you might need to reset your sag. Actually, you know, if you want to run a longer a longer wheel brace, you might need to stiffen up your shock, you know, or even depending on how far you could go up a spring rate. It just depends. But what it'll do is it'll plushen up that curve of like the whole, you know, the, uh, the back to the linkage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The linkage, everything, it'll free up that curve. So you'll get a nice, more plush feeling. And you'll also get more, um, more plushness on acceleration. Say if you're coming out of a corner and it just feels like the, I don't know, rear wheel is just in your ass. Right. And it's just like, it'll fuck. <laughs> but, it will smoothen out that curve and give you a little bit more of a compliant feel. You like said your Yamaha's rear wheel is. Yeah. You said Yamaha's and Honda's and that's what I noticed it on. So it sounds yep. like, you know, from experience. Of course. Of course. Yep. yep. Not a bad thing. You just, you know, figuring out how to set it up. <clears throat> see, this is stuff that I see all the time, but all my stuff's always been pretty much stock. You know, I've never been like, yeah. I'm going to move this, move that. Like it's what it came yeah, from. The factory watch... at, that's what it's at. And if you watch Dylan Ferrandez's bike, it almost looked like his rear wheel is like out. It, it, he almost looks like he's riding a hill climb bike. Yeah, yeah. It looks like his rear wheel is past the rear fender. Yeah. Which is which is crazy, you know. So that that's sort of what they're looking for. Most Yamahas that you'll see on the track, um, most of the club guys, Grant Harlan, Eli's bike. I mean, you know, all the 450s, you will see 
the rear wheel all the way back. If not, they probably have a longer swing arm from an older model. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Talking about the Washougal track, because this all kind of leads back to how it is to ride that. You have a lot of different elements to it. Um, what is the most difficult section to navigate? Is it the shadows and you know the little switchbacks that when you come back from the road jump? Is it the catcher's mitt after the big downhill? Is it getting pelted up horsepower hill? Is it timing the whoops? What is it like that's trickiest about that track as you do the whole lap that you're like, oh shit, I gotta oh, ace dude. this section? That fucking left hander after horsepower hill. The oh, little yeah, horseshoe, yeah, yeah. The, the horseshoe yeah. up, yeah. The, and then it's down. Like off camber. It's off camber. It's tight. You're coming into it with a lot of speed because you're coming off of that ski jump and that and left hand. There's all, yep. There's always an inside rut that starts, but it always gets blown out. Either that or it gets super deep and it's all curvy. And then, yeah, that next spot you're going in absolutely blind. That next right hander, um, before you drop down the hill you're absolutely blind going through there. And then you see like, there's so many breaking bumps all the way across. Cause I mean, it's late in the day whenever the shadows come out and you can't see anything. So you don't know if you're about to get kicked off that downhill or not. That I would say that's one of the most um, difficult spots in that whole next section, that left, right. And then that oh, right coming up to that triple. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That whole section, super tight. Um, the dirt there, the, the ruts, the ruts on the left, right usually hold, but that next right, they don't, they usually get blown out and it's just acceleration bumps all the way across the track. And it's just terrible. It sucks. Okay. I could see all that. I could, I could, uh, the catcher's mitt caught me up a couple times yesterday. Cause as I come yeah. into it, I'm just like, ah, oh, I did. I missed the rut. I went too early into the entry and then I diamonded it off. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of parts of that track where I'm just like, Oh wow. I wonder how this is. And especially when you're, I would say the catcher's mitt would be the most frustrating because how fast all the other parts of that track is. And then you almost come to a dead stop there. That seems like it would get your heart rate up. It would get everything just intense. And then that's again. where this, that's where the sun is just beaming down beaming. on you, right? No like, shadow. Oh, yep. dude. Exactly. So like, and it's the slowest part of the track too. Like and then you it's have just like choppy all the way out. Yeah. Choppy all the way out. And it's almost like putting, it's just like, <gasps> I am so hot right now. Like I need to get back going to get this breeze going. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That because, mm -hmm. dude, even to come off that ski jump into there, that is a big drop off, and then to just lock them up. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, before we before we move on, uh, you know, like uh, you know the track topics, I just want to say a good job to Colt Nichols, who was on a Swap Moto Live uh, special race uh, edition Kawasaki um, ten ten, dude. I mean, like to jump into the series, that's just awesome. By the way, mm -hmm. and it looked good doing it. The outdoor National. Yeah, and he looked good doing it in his 2024 freaking O'Neill gear, right? I, I like the bike, white rear, or the white plastics, white graphics. That looked good. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it did look yeah. good. Yo, yeah. dude, O'Neill, Kobe, Raha. I didn't know you guys had that pickup. Honestly, I didn't either. And we won gold. <laughs> I love it. I love, love it. it. Dude, I was looking at it yesterday. I was like, hell yeah. We hell just got yeah. gold. Yeah. Awesome to see. They were boosted on yeah. that thing. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Fuck yes. that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right? I'm good. Yeah. Have you seen it. have you seen like a big one in person? I think I have, yes. They're, yeah. Dude, they're nuts. It's they're nuts. nuts. Yeah. Mm -mm. I think they what? had one out at Paula. They had one out at Paula. Just yeah, the they ramp. did. Just the ramp. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's I've seen it at Imagination and I saw it, the first time I saw it was at Nitro World Games. And it was the carpeted one. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Nuts. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. All right. Getting into the 450 class. Perfect season continues. Um, I mean, everybody thought that this was going to be the biggest challenge for Jet was this track, and he wasn't shying away from that. He was pretty open about it on Friday, uh, even last week at Millville, knowing this one was going to be tough. What would you think of his performance, and how was the race from the couch? Um, I thought, uh, dude, I mean, I thought if – I think I, the way the track was, pretty sure he knew his limit, and he, mm -hmm. and he kept it there. You know what I mean? He wasn't going to go over it. Uh, I mean, I was surprised at how close he let Chase get to him. But like I said, he knew where his limit was with the way the track was, and I don't think he was going to cross it. I don't think that at one point he was thinking perfect season. I think that he, at one point he's just like, you know what? Like, if Chase gets by me, this is my limit here. You know, I don't want to lose this championship over getting this, you know, 22-0. and 0. But, I mean, 
I guess everyone was on their limit because I mean, you see Chase, he was pushing hard until he, you know, had that, he hit neutral, which, which is a bummer. Um, but yeah, I think everyone was on their limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that just to see where he got himself top three, both starts, all three starts really. And then just kind of sat there and plucked away at it. Uh, first moto, I mean, got Dylan, Dylan had a good couple laps in him. And then that second moto to get AP. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the post-race stuff that I watched, he was super surprised at how well AP was riding at the beginning of the race. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, AP was ripping. Uh, even when we talked in How Was Your Weekend, I haven't seen people get that into it. Like, look, people were going nuts for Hayden, but it was a different level of, like, genuine, we want to see AP ride this thing all the way home. Of People, like, of all ages, leaning over the uh, fences, cheering, swinging their hats and their shirts and towels. Like everybody wanted to see AP on it yesterday. Awesome podium inter- interview, by the way. Oh my God, AP. hilarious. Another one. Hilarious. Oh, it's just amazing. I'm going to go home to my smoking hot wife. Now that <laughs> man just solidified an awesome break. So good job, AP. <laughs> yeah, there he yes. goes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So 450 class, who do you think is like, hell yeah, let's get to the two week break? Uh, Phil. Uh, yeah, 100% Phil. 100% Phil. Um, there's somebody else. Jason, but they're going to just have to keep working. Like, it'll be yeah. nice for him to just put the work in and not have to travel every weekend, especially with all the stuff that they are doing right now. Because the baby's been going yeah. to the races. That's a whole other element that, you know, you have to figure out into all of this stuff. So uh, I think those two would really benefit for sure. Chase, too. I mean, I really don't know how much higher Chase can go from here. I don't know if it's building intensity or if it's what he's got to do or if it's just latching on and having the battle actually happen. I don't know what what's going to happen in two weeks for him to take another step because, like, he seems super fit. The bike's where it's going to get, you know. It's just got to – a and race think, has just got to happen. And I think, too, with the way his bike is set up, a little bit softer, the BFR shock, um, just the way he likes it, softer setting. I think it will suit Unadilla a bit better depending on the track prep. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's what I think. But Euro style, Jet Lawrence, he's a badass. He's undefeated. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat him. Mm-hmm. The tough. works. The work isn't going to stop for Jet during this break. I was talking to the Honda guys uh, on the way home yesterday. And they have a little bit of time off, but then they have to go to Florida and then do some supercross testing with Jet on a 450 to kind of get him acclimated to the big bike for that for next year, but then also super motocross as well. They want to know, hey, this is how the bike's going to be once we hit those uh, hybrid style tracks. Wow. Really? Yeah, like, has, they're, already, they're, they're going already, to Florida. They're going. Wow. Yeah, that, they're I, going think to Florida. That is, I think that is a brave move, you know, with three races left. You know, I mean, supercross is gnarly. Like, I, I understand that. I wouldn't take that risk. I would wait. I would wait a few weeks. There's not a lot of time for them this year because um, to be pretty open about it, like everybody knows that like the Lawrences have had the can't leave issues. So they if they go to France for motocross nations, there's a chance that they're going to be over there for a minute to try to get some stuff sorted out. Um, mm. So there's going to be some time off the bike there. They might have to be around maybe like an extra week or something like that. Nothing crazy. But then uh, yeah. they have pair of Supercross as well. So they really don't have a break to get that stuff gotcha. sorted out. Yeah, like it's coming up pretty quick for them. Hmm. There, if, okay. if there is any kind of thing, like they've, it seems from everybody on Honda's end and everybody within like the family and the camp, all that stuff, they've really figured out we have to optimize this offseason and like dot all the I's and cross all the T's and make sure everything's dialed going into 24. Like we don't want any kind of hiccup anywhere. Make sure those weeks that we have are used the fullest. Yeah. Were you able to uh, talk to uh, Shane McGrath at all? Um, Pretty. Yeah. Was it a decent, was it a decent day? Was it an off day? No, he was okay with it. I think Shane's still just trying to, you know, figure out what's coming from it. Uh, He's pretty much already went and surpassed what that bike is capable of already. So that's the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Another great ride for Masterpool. He was given shoot Adam Cincerello fits. It seemed like all day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a great ride for him. Um, I mean, an AC on top of that. I mean, he's doing what he can. I mean, we know he's trying his best. Um, you know, another 
decent day around the five, six, you know, it was decent. Um, Tough day for my boy Harlan. Tough day. Oh, but Grant did fine on Thursday. Oh yeah. No, he, he made some money this weekend. Yeah. He made some money. He made really good money. So that's awesome. Uh, Shoot. Who else? Um, hmm. Uh, Chiz, great second moto. Um, not a good for, uh, first moto. I think he had a tip over a crash or something right outside of points. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where Freddie was. Was he top 10? Freddie was, Freddie was part of a three-way tie between um, Phil and Cole. Okay, got yeah. you. So decent day for him as well. Yeah, Freddie's, um, uh, Freddie's been doing great this year. Uh, he said that if things continue the way that they're going to continue, he'll match his personal or set a career best overall rank in the 450 class this year in the championship by being like top seven. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. I guess it's time to talk about the two stroke stuff, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. holy shit. There was a lot of guys that showed up on two strokes, right? It was like 13. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and you could hear them too. How many of them made the, the 450 like motos? I want to say it was like eight or nine. It wasn't everybody. Okay. Yeah. I, know. I think, I I think some guys figured out. out. I think some guys, even not even Burkeen, but I think other guys figured out that this is a lot harder because you could see that their times in the uh, overall results were down about 10 spots yeah. than usual. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and it's just from everyone seeing that this SMX points, like you, they're wanting to show up. You have yeah. new guys coming in. You have, uh, you know, Anderson just returned. You got uh, Colt Nichols. You got Shane McGrath. You know, last week you had Henry Miller too, but he's he's now hurt. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, that you don't normally have are showing up now because of these SMX points. And then you also had Josh Hill, who uh, who showed up as well. You know, local boy. Big Hill on a Yamaha now too. That's yeah, heck yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So that looks like so that was a nice continuation after going KTM to Yamaha and everything back and forth. So it looks like Team Ted is trying to figure out what they're going to do for next year with uh, Josh on their program again. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Carson Brown takes the number one plate with uh, with the two stroke thing. Uh, uh, I smoked, mean, smoked though. Did you hear about that? Yeah. So apparently, so, is it was there like a stomach bug going around because a lot of people couldn't eat that day. Uh, so Carson, from what I heard, was just really um, focused. Let's not say ner- like not nervous, not too bad, but just knew there was a lot of attention on this one, and so he wasn't able to keep anything. But I heard salad and animal crackers down uh, in the days leading up to the race, so he was pretty much gassed after the second moto and then yeah so i hear it's pretty scary like he passed, he passed out, out. At the, and then he, yeah and then they had to uh have the alpine stars people come and get him and then he went to the hospital overnight so he didn't even do the podium like they had the trophy and everything waiting wow. there for him and he wasn't there oh yeah because i hear that he passed out at the podium and then passed out again at the at the truck i guess yeah like twice mm. that's scary that's yeah, scary. i heard man. about the first one i heard about the first one mm. but yeah going for it yeah you know and carson we had a great conversation on Friday. That kid's awesome to see. You know, he does everything up there. He's a legend. I mean, everybody in oh, yeah. the Northwest wants to see that kid do good. Motorsports got him dialed right now. He unveiled their new gear line. Red Bull's going to have him doing everything everywhere all the time. So that's pretty cool. I mean, and then to see Carson do it at his home race, pocket a couple grand. It was awesome. Now, do you see him sort of taking the more Ryan Seitz role of, of racing everything? Uh, I don't know if he's going to race some of the stuff that Seitz did. I think like because didn't he do some street bike things and other stuff like that? Oh, he did he like the bagger of, races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's oh, yeah. going to do even more diverse stuff rather than where Seitz was like, I'm going to go do the gnarliest off-road races. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know if I see him doing that, but I definitely see him maybe doing some flat track or yeah or those you know bagger races and stuff like that. Do you see him doing imagination? Uh, maybe on a freaking KLX 110, <laughs> you know, or a, or a 1985 YZ 125 or something like that. But I, maybe, maybe, yeah. 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 I mean, that stuff is big, man. It's Huge. big. It's big, dude. Yeah. It's really big. Um, okay. He's got some cojones. Uh, it's cool to see how many guys, like you said, got into it. Hamish Harwood, a New Zealand guy, came up, was ripping around with a big tank on that bike. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was good to see Rob Bell back, man. Like, I mean, yeah. after Achilles injury. Yeah. I almost did. Yeah, he was okay, on the so truck as well. He was there Thursday night too, but I didn't recognize him. He pulled off after a few laps in the main event. But yeah, it was good to see Justin back at it again. Uh, he did pretty good. Him, Jeremy Hand, Kevin Moran's. There seemed to be a good mix of those guys being like, God, this is really hard. 
Yeah, Jerry Robin as yeah. well. Jerry um, crashed. Yeah, he crashed. I guess his uh, fuel was boiling. And then I also seen Jeremy Hand's bike blow up a little bit after a wall. He posted a video on Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that, I mean, that shows those guys are pushing those bikes to the limit, though. And you know most of them yeah. are pretty stocked. Yeah. I don't know about Jerry's. Jerry, Jerry. Oh, yeah, no, because Michael did that one. Yeah. Yeah, Michael had that one going pretty good. Um, But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I think it was cool to see two strokes coming back. They just, you know, it's they're underpowered it was a tough race yeah oh and that would be yeah. a really tough track to be up against a 450 on you know there's oh, other yeah. ones that are going to be really hard but that one you're going to have a power disadvantage right off the start and then into horsepower hill and then you get to try to time the whoops on a 252 stroke when they're all chewed up and guys are going 343 through them like best of luck yeah. and honestly and honestly there for a bit there was like four two strokes in a row i think max miller was one of the ones who wasn't on a two stroke but it was like carson brown Max Miller, and then you had Anthony Rodriguez, and maybe B-Ray, like all mm -hmm. in the top 20, pretty close there. You know, I can think also that probably the first 10 minutes of the first moto, those guys were actually learning how to ride that bike, like how to really race a two-stroke, rather than just like, I got to go do laps to get fast. Oh, shit, this is what it's like to ride this bike in race conditions. Yeah. I have to take different lines this way. This is how I have to build momentum and keep it going for 30 minutes. I'm sure that was a yeah. big part of the first 10 minutes of that race. Oh, 100 percent yeah it got it had to suck going on a horsepower hill just just uh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> all Dude. right uh Aaron, anything else you can think about pir was sick um if you've ever get the chance to go to portland to go watch the washugo race go with there early so you can go see this this was the 57th running and like i said in the intro everybody gets into this one there's even a Brewery that's up there. Brewery did some beers for motorsport.com at Washugal. Brewery did some beers for PIR down there. It was like $10 to get in, $5 for a piece of pizza, and $5 for a beer. Like, how much more fun can you have for 20 bucks? And then to watch guys do, I mean, battle to the death for 20 minutes, Politelli, Moran's, B Ray, and Grant Harlan going for it for like three yeah. grand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out Politelli too, because he was up there until maybe Flying. a lapper got in his way, from what I hear. Um, yeah. tough crash. He ended up in the hospital. I think he's okay. Do you have any more info on that? Did you see anyone? Oh, I saw the crash. Yeah. Uh, okay. it's off the big, the big jump, the leap that they have there in the middle. Um, he pretty much just went a little bit off to the left on the landing and then whiskeyed off the side of the bike. Yeah. And then yeah. he was down for like the last three laps and then the entire podium presentation. And it's such a bummer because Austin goes so good at that race. Um, oh, yeah. He's been training a lot for that race. For that race. Like that and yeah. watch you go. Yes. He does it every year. He's every really year. good at it. Mm -hmm. He's so good at those type of races whenever there's money on the line. He's oh, yeah. always in the front. He's always one of the guys. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of pros always show up to this race. It's a great event. Um, you know, and even some of the top pros showed up. I know Deegan was there. Um, Levi Kitchen showed up, yep. obviously, because he is a, you know, hometown hero there. Um, the track looked fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was great racing. Who was the guy that got second again? Uh, that's Ryder Floyd from Texas. Ryder yeah. Floyd. Yeah. yeah. I haven't so, heard too much about him. I don't know much about him. He's been all. hurt. We have a privateer profile yeah. interview going up with him later this week, but uh, he was cool to talk to. He's from Texas. Um, he broke the navicular in his foot, and then he's only been back on the bike for like a month now. Oh, God. So he was like two months, no weight bearing on crutches and then like an air boot. And then he got the all clear like a month ago. But uh, Burkeen put up a video, like 20-minute moto of that. If you really starve to watch some race content, go watch it. Because the first 10 minutes, it is balls-to-the-wall action. Moran's is leading because Kevin always gets the whole shot. Almost Kevin's, dies. Oh, my God. The jump that... From where I was standing, it did not look as big. You know, you just see him Superman off the back of the bike uh, from the podium to actually see that it's like a seven-foot-tall jump to a 10-foot-tall tabletop landing. Oh, my God, Kevin, that was unbelievable. Uh, so that kind of set his tempo for the first few races or first few laps. Even big backstory, he showed up. He thought his bike was going to be there. Bike wasn't there. He borrowed some vet guy's bike to ride practice on, on vet class suspension. And then his bike showed up for the races. So Kevin did what he had to do. Uh, but then Politelli and Harlan were were hounding him, you know, and Kevin did a great job holding them both off. And I thought as Grant was coming through the pack, man, if Politelli gets Kevin and checks out, nobody's going to catch him. He's just going to go. Yeah. But Grant did yeah. a lot of work, uh, made some outside passes, got him like two for one pretty quickly. 
and then checked out. Like you could tell that Grant's been doing his work and it's awesome to see a guy like him making good results like that as the year continues. Cause it's got to feel good to go to a race and know I'm the guy that's got to win it. Yeah. Young privateer. He's 21 years old, Grant Harlan. Um, an amazing year. You know, he, I mean, he had what top tens, top 15s for the most part in supercross. He was top 20 in points, mm-hmm. got that check, you know, and he's, he's been anywhere from seven to 12 other than this past weekend, every single moto and outdoors. Right. I mean, he, he's doing world supercross has a world supercross deal. This 20 year old, 21 year old kid is making some damn good money this year as a privateer. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You know, and, and, Looking at the points for uh, for SMX, I mean, he's sitting really, really well for that. So, dude, props to him. You know, just don't spend all that money in one place. I would just say, you know, for his, uh, yeah, maybe get some hair implants. You know, because he's he's going bald already. It's you know, <laughs> I mean, he has the bald hair. Like he has it going has pretty good. Hair he's figured out the beard. the beard. He's got it. He's, he's got figured it. it out. Yeah. Dude, and think like just a couple of months ago when he dinged his shoulder and you're just like, oh shit, is it over already? And Grant's just plugging right. away. Yep. Yeah. I know, right? I mean, if you ever hey, so go by the Rock River truck and see like you'll see him with the shirt off. Mm-hmm. His shoulder is fucked. Fucked up. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It looks like his AC joint. There's not even like any type of muscle skin or anything on it. It's just bone. Yeah. It's He's crazy. a little guy too. Yeah. Yeah. But he's feisty though, man. He loves to, he loves to work and he's a digger on the motorcycle, man. He'll eat roost for 30 minutes and do it all over again. Oh, dude, he's doing it down in Texas. I mean, he's working it out with master pool and all those guys. So he's doing it in like one of the hottest parts of the country on some pretty rough tracks. Like, Oh yeah. He's it right now for sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I don't think he'd want it any other way, you know, to be at home, to do it, how he's doing, like, how can you beat it and be a top 10 guy right now? Yeah, for sure um let's see pir what else what else from pir uh a lot of good racing man like holy cow just the amount like i was saying like the amount of pros that show up to that thing a lot mm-hmm. of good people um you know they put they put some money down into this thing it's just a great event for privateers you know mm-hmm. and it's cool i think it's awesome that they have a concrete start we have a concrete start pad um at my parents house mm-hmm. um at powerline supercross we just had a race this past weekend it's awesome so yeah I, I don't know. I just, I wish I could have raced it this year. I mean, no, I don't. No, you don't. Still. No, you don't. No. I've never raced it. You never have? No, I never go raced back it. And do like the vet, go do like the Vet 35 class in a couple of years, like road trip it up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, it looks like. I always like... wanted to, but like I always booked my flight and completely forgot about it. And then they're like, oh, PLR Thursday. I'm like, fuck, I'm flying in Thursday night. Like, I ain't, yeah. I ain't changing my flight. Yeah. No, it, that one's so cool because it's a pro race wrapped up into a local race. I mean, they have every class that they have tour from CC helps put on a really bitch and vintage race. There's a lot of vintage bikes that are out there. Like no disrespect. Is it probably the easiest track or like the most fun track to ride uh, at eight 30 at night when there's no, no light on it. And you just have some rented like generator lights beaming on there. Yeah, probably not. But if you <laughs> could ride that track, like four 30 in the afternoon on Thursday, yeah, it's gotta be the most fun track in the world. Oh yeah. And dude, like the atmosphere too, like the mm-hmm. amount of people that I've seen there. Holy cow. It's so when I flew out yesterday, the plane flew right over the track and it's in the infield of an even bigger car racing track and everything. And it's on some wetlands and stuff. And like, I mean, it's right in town, dude. It's so cool that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I dropped my phone. Cool. All right. A race. So the break's coming up. How do these next few weeks look for you? Um, so <laughs> I'm going to my bachelor party starting Wednesday, so I will be hammered on a boat. Are you going to jump off? Lake, are you going to jump off the London Bridge? Uh, in Havasu? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, land face first. Probably do a belly flop. Uh, so I'll be there probably till Sunday, and then um, yeah, after that, I'm coming home and I pack a bag and I start work. Uh, I start work in August, like August first, second, whatever uh-huh. that Monday is. Are you going on a five-day bachelor party? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Fucking say a prayer, gee. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. It's gonna be wow. Yeah. Right. So we, have yeah, fun. We check into the air. We check into the Airbnb Wednesday, and I think we check out either Saturday or Sunday. I don't know whichever one. I might stay an extra day. Who knows how I'm feeling? But we're gonna take some golf clubs. We're gonna have a bunch of beers, hang out with a bunch of boys. It's gonna be awesome. Do you have your uncle's bail bonds number on speed dial? I do. Yep. Good. I sure do. Yep. I don't know how, how he might have friends in Arizona, maybe not have a suit, but who knows, you know, you know, 
we'll have fun. I'll try. I'll try definitely not to get arrested. Uh, just a big shout out. Um, anyone who's going to Loretta's that wants to ride um, this coming up weekend before um, maybe parking or if you're already parked, uh, Loretta Lens, all the amateurs. Uh, my buddy Bryce Clipple owns a track. Um, it's called Back 40 MX. Um, it's going to be prepped, watered, everything. Uh, it's one of the best tracks around. It's an hour from Loretta's. I just wanted to give him a shout out because, you know, everyone always hits me up knowing that I'm from Tennessee. Um, and then uh, if, I mean, I just think it's a great track. It, it's, it's really, really close dirt to Loretta Lens. Um, he does a really good job prepping it. So I, I, I can, I put it up on my story on Instagram, I think yesterday. Uh, if any of you guys um, are listening uh, that are going to Loretta's that, you know, need a place to ride, DM me, I'll send you his info um and all this stuff so yeah um yeah and good luck to everyone at loretta's because it's it's uh it's coming up man Mm -hmm. i'm gonna head down there next friday and saturday to watch the championships get crowned i'll be watching on racer tv those first few days i love that race it's a lot of fun the first time i went 2020 um yeah dude i i'll probably go every year forever now it's it's a cool vibe yeah 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 kenny kenny bell just booked his flight this morning so he'll be there working um yeah Oh yeah, so it's it's a it's a full deal going Lots on. It's a rig riot every day. I, I need to, I need to get back. I need to get back there. I, what I want to do, I want to get back there and call a few races with Weed. I would love to do that. Okay, you well, know, you set the tone would, on that one. I know. I don't. Uh, I don't know who I need to talk to. I, do I need to call Davey? <laughs> just call Davey. Come say, hey man. Hey, man I'm gonna do this. Like two yeah. races. Yeah, dude. I think you just need to walk into the tower at some point in time. They'll hand you a microphone. Oh, 100%. That's probably what I'll do. I'll probably book a flight and just walk in. Just walk in. Just straight off the plane <laughs> and then into it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. A uh, few-week break. Um, you know, freaking hopefully Chase and, and Don are being careful up there in Whistler. Hopefully yeah, they're go. having so much fun in mm-hmm. Canada. It looks awesome. Uh, yeah, so good luck to me on my bachelor party. Good luck to you on just being an awesome dad. World's number one dad right there. Do you have a, do you have a coffee mug? Actually, I do. Yeah, I came, I came <laughs> home awesome. to it a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then yeah, I acted yeah. like a little dick that week, and I didn't deserve the coffee cup. So you know, oh, uh, yeah, I, I I feel that. Yeah, you know, but uh, all right, I feel like this went good. This went good. Yeah, I had fun talking to you, Ray. Uh, yeah, I really still want to do that one interview with you talking about a bunch of other stuff. So we're gonna do that. Uh, but yeah, let's do, do it. it. We're gonna I mean, do, we it do it after tomorrow. you. Ooh, let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it tomorrow. Okay, same uh, same bad time, same bad channel. Shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, thanks for watching this episode of the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Thanks for bearing through us as we go through, you know, some changes. Don and Chase are in Whistler. Me and A Ray are two thousand miles apart on other parts of the country, but uh, we'll be back to normal soon. Thanks for listening. Good to see you, A Ray. Yeah, man.